When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Hello? 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 It's midweek. Yes, may I help you? Oh, it's the midweek edition of Talking Real Money, and how may we help you? I'm Don McDonald in Florida. That's Tom Cock in Washington State. There are a lot of Washingtons. You have to be really careful when you say Washington. You do indeed. So many Washingtons. Yeah. The other Washington, as they used to call us. I thought that was horrible branding. Must be the other anything. County. Who is this text that I just got from? Do you know what a durian is? No, I don't. I know what a Rivian is. I I just got a text that says, hi, can you deliver the durian order tonight? (laughs) Is that, do you do like, uh, do you do like restaurant deliveries at night or something? DoorDash? Yeah, DonDash. It's DonDash. DonDash. (laughs) No (laughs) trademark issues there at all. No, Uh -uh. you'd be right on there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm Go just ahead. Don Dash. You, you <laughs> can always you can always count on uh, at least one delivery being delivered a night. And if we went just into one. business together, it'd be Ron and Don Dash. So it work out well. But I who guess called not. you Ron? Oh, that guy did. Remember a couple of years ago? Oh, like Ron oh, and Don. Oh, okay, oh, got it. Yeah, Ron and Don. Whatever. You need... All right. I forgot what we were going to talk about. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> I got so distracted by delivering the durian. Yeah, well, don't forget the durian. So no, I won't forget the durian. I, yeah, I, exactly. I just I've got to write that down because you I know how your, how your right brain now. gets when you get yeah, older. That did. There's something about the investment industry that attracts people who want to and constantly invent new things when there is no need for new things. There are no new things needed. There's nothing new under the sun in in the investment world that's worth bothering with right now. Someday, somebody might come up with something, you know, like they came up with ETFs a long time ago. But right now, do you need another amazing private real estate fund deal? Or do you need a buffer fund? I never even heard of a buffer fund until this week. A buffer fund? Does this detail your car? Buffs me up, dude. Look at these muscles. Good thing this isn't the video version. (laughs) A lot of people going, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, sure. All right, what's he talking about? (laughs) Well, what is a buffer fund? I don't even know what a buffer fund is, really. It sounds kind of like a hedge fund. Well, they they buffer you against losses, right? They 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 protect sure. you. They, they how stand about between the, you and the market. How about on extent. the upside, though? Since the market they don't goes do up, as well. since they the market's do. gone up more than it's gone down, yeah. um, why would you want one of these? There's all kinds of products that that play to the people that are negative about the future, and most of them make less than. Well, let me just think. A balanced yeah. mutual fund, if you want some buffer. Wait a minute, because, isn't that buffered? Except that if you just buy a balanced index fund, then you're just owning stocks and bonds. In this case, 
They got all kinds of tricky stuff, and they got really smart people to tell you when to be buff and when to be nuff. Or when, I mean, <laughs> when, no, I'm, I'm bad, when I'm bad, it's but. enough and when it's buff, <laughs> when it's buff, you know, because they're really smart people that uh, places like uh, let me make sure I got this right because I read it. But now I forget, uh, you know, mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan Chase, really smart people there. And uh, the innovator capital management, innovator capital, man, really yeah. smart people. Yeah. Here's the innovator S&P 500 yep. buffer ETF. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Expense ratio. 0.79% or about eight tenths of 1%. Rather spendy, but it's protected you this year. You haven't lost as much as you would have in a balanced index fund. Yeah. You would have lost year to date about 9%. Yeah. Well, you've lost a little bit more than that in a 60, 40. Okay. Um, But how did the 60, 40 do in 2021? Who can remember 2021? That was like last year. Okay. Hold on. I don't remember that. I barely remember you what I had for breakfast. You usually have these numbers. I, if I've given warning in advance and I can pull them up and research them and all that stuff, I don't see. Know. I want you to. I want you to go right off the cuff, just <laughs> spontaneous. I, I literally research. don't. I think I'm it was a good year, up. right? For I'm stocks, looking it up. Vanguard. I, I always forget balance. Let's just use their balanced index. Yeah, Admiral shares. Let's good be, fun. Let's be fair. Yep. Uh, the balanced index admiral shares expense ratio of 0.07 or seven one hundredths of 1%. 10 times cheaper than the other one or more. In 2021, it gained a 14.22%. Good year. In 2020, 16.4%. Another good year. While the innovator S&P 500 buffer... 10.14, 10.73, and then so far year to date this year, 8.97 down versus a loss a, of 8.97. Loss yeah, a of loss of 13 and a half with the yeah, Vanguard okay. balance. So 4% index. more. Yeah, and that's about what I would expect, by the way, in a down market. But here's the thing why do you need to pay eight tenths of 1% to get you performance that? is relatively close to that of the Vanguard Balanced Index. It's a little worse in down markets, but a lot better in up markets. And with the understanding that markets have in the past risen dramatically more than they've fallen. And that's kind of like physics. They have to go up more than they fall because for them to fall more than they go up means eventually the market goes to zero. If the market goes to zero, kiss your derriere goodbye. Or jump out a window, either one. Well, whichever kind of the same first. thing. Yeah. Kind of the same uh, thing. Yeah. And Mine so, was more figurative. <laughs> yours was more literal. Yeah. So and you're right. I mean, th- these are silly products that, that make people feel better, right? Because I put my money in and I am buffered against what, puffered or buffered, whatever. I, the bottom line is uh, they're going to make you feel better, but you probably don't realize you're paying for that additional protection, because most people don't know what they're paying. You think it's some new, unique product that, uh, wow, this is, I got to have this. It goes up when the market goes up, protects me when the market goes down, which is a silly notion. People always want something for nothing. Um, and then it get, always gets back down to this, the, the fact of what Gene Fama says, which I think is so right. In his 50 years of studying markets, writing about markets, researching markets. They found about five things that really impact market, you know, like the reasons how to invest. Wall Street comes up with, a, you know, five a day or 50 a week, whatever it is. They, there's new ideas galore because guess what? 
you like these ideas and you're rushing, what was it, $6 billion into these uh, funds, which is not a lot of money, by the way, in the big picture. But a lot of you are buying them today. I mean, that's just what people do. They and for better. example, th- this one is a very simple one because it's an S&P 500. Yep. And so what they do, they don't actually buy the index. They don't buy the stocks. They buy options to buy the stock. They either buy the options or they sell options to maintain this straddle of the market, to be on the long side and the short side so that they never go too f- And they can't. They are literally straddling the market and they cannot enjoy any more than X amount on the upside. And they really can't lose a lot more than Y on the downside. But the problem with that is the upside has always, always been better than the downside in aggregate. And three out of four years stocks go up. This may be one year where they don't, by the way, because so far it's one year where they don't. Yeah. I mean, that could, that does can and does happen. But as you know, human nature is I'd rather protect what I got than make more on the, on that's just how we're wired. It's like, I want to hold on to what I got. So there's a way to do that. We do as long as what we've seen is disastrous then we want to hang on but 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 when the tide turns when the tide rushes in and uh all the people who are naked in the ocean can't be seen (laughs) anymore according to warren buffett yep um you suddenly want to be in the water oh no wait i i wanted to i liked the water i want to be back in there um and then you get it wrong and so this is the problem is that you consistently get it wrong you never get in at the right time and out at the right time you never go from fully invested to hedged at the right times and then back again you see no. you have to be right twice every time the market turns i, I think that's be- exactly right i mean and so this is a product that's going to make as i said make you feel good but I don't think it's going to help you a whole lot. Then there's other products where people want access to the stuff that rich people have access to. Well, they want that you to and be I don't. special. Yeah, that well, you no, and we, I don't have. So you're saying we're not special, no, but we're these not other special. these other guys yeah. are special. You okay. know, they want to be in hedge funds. They want to be in private equity. They want to be in private real estate. I want to have mm-hmm. my money exposed to the big, big money made running out and building homes or buildings. And, you know, watching that, collecting those rents, making all that money. And so the pitch in this case is you're going to be special and you're going to do it for a very low price. But here's where I struggle. And this was sent to us by a client. And I want to thank her. Uh, I'm not going to say her name, but I want to thank her for thinking of us and sending this out. Um, this is a product called Fundrise. Fundrise. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. relatively new. Um, and they, they, they say they're the first platform to enable people to invest in private real estate via an app and regular folks are rushing into this. There's already a billion dollars, which is again, um, oh no, wait, uh, pardon me. They have 3 billion, I guess they've collected. Ooh, that's so, bigger than I thought. Yeah, it's bigger than I thought too. But here's the, I get nervous a couple of things. Number one, they talk about their returns. They say mm-hmm. since 2017, this is an article from. Fortune magazine. Remember Fortune magazine? Kind of like Forbes. Remember it used to be Forbes? Anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I have some I have some great old fortunes from the 1930s. Exactly. When they actually were good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, great so covers. It, since 2017, Fundrise, this is from the article, has scored 
I don't like that terminology, scored average annualized returns of 12%, 12% a year since 2017. Now you went online. Yeah, I'm looking right at, at I'm on Fundrise's site. I am on their website and I went to the page called, coincidentally, Client Returns. Hmm. Wouldn't that be where you'd find the client returns? One would think. Well, I looked and um, they they show that the average return over the last five years, I believe that's what they're quoting. They didn't make it very, very clear, but they're showing a 5.42% return, uh, average income return. And Vanguard's total REIT, U.S. REIT index, is showing a return over that same period of about 6.6%. Now, the difference is you're going to pay 1% per year for Fundrise. That's what they claim. I can't really verify there aren't any other internal fees in the real estate because I would think there would be a ton, a ton. You just don't Uh, see them. This is just their management fee as a registered investment advisor. That's 1%. So you're paying 1% for what appears to be lower return than the massive diversification of the Vanguard Total Real Estate Index Admiral shares at 0.17% per year. Well, and a couple other things. I What's liquidity here? I mean, can you turn around and get your money back tomorrow? I, it doesn't really say in the article, or is there some period you have to wait? Or I, mean, I that's- can. I, I would imagine... Th- I would imagine, and I couldn't find it either. Uh, If I sat down and read through all of their disclosure documents, I could probably find it some more. But my guess is that in a liquidity crisis, like a serious real estate collapse, a run on the bank, yeah, that uh, individual shareholders would probably have a difficult time getting all of their money out. But I I mean, I don't know that for a fact. This is my, my... because if it's private real estate, they're, they're, How they the secondary market can right. dry up very quickly. Absolutely. You'd have to go borrow the money. Whereas uh, when you own publicly traded REITs, there is an ongoing secondary market. Sure. And you're big enough to pay that back. Uh, I mean, here's another one that I struggle with in the article. It says that fund rises fixed income funds. Now, fixed income is a, a percentage right? Of interest mm-hmm, you're getting back. Mm-hmm, you buy a mm-hmm. fix, a bond, it's fixed income. They say it generated yearly dividends of 8%, 8%. from 20, I, I 2017 that, to 2022. I, I mean, did that's, find that in some of their disclosure stuff, but when you read closer, uh, their disclosures are not like the disclosures you see on a bond fund. Uh, their disclosures are, these are highly risky investments and you can lose all of your money. That doesn't sound like fixed income to me. Well, with some fixed income, you can. That's true. All of your money. That's true. You could buy a but Ukrainian again, war bond. Again, I guess. the message is so simple. You don't need these new fangled gimmicks. All you're doing is making somebody else rich most of the time. And it's not you. This is not, these things are not good for you. Yeah. And, and here's the problem. They may be good for a while. And that's the problem with all yep. of these things is that they post this wonderful track record for a while. Then they post that wonderful track record right up until they don't. The problem is you don't know it's no longer lovely until after 
it isn't. And by then, in almost every case throughout history, it has been a little bit too late for you. Yeah. So, and I would add to that. And I'm that, not saying any of these are problems necessarily. Right. Just not but they that. could be. I, the, and I would add to that the only reason to ever add something like this would be a long term higher rate of return. I'm talking long term, a lower re- risk reduction when you add this to your yeah, portfolio. Right. Lower cost and lower taxes. You have to put all that in rather than just saying, hey, this looks great. I'm going to go ahead and buy this. It would have to plug into a portfolio and create those things for you. I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was working with our pal Paul Merriman, we added REITs, I think it was 25 years ago, something like that, because we looked at it over the long haul. REITs did add a little tiny bit of return, but they did reduce the volatility because so, they didn't move in lockstep exactly. with stocks. And so it made sense to add them as an asset class. This is simply adding something because, whoa, I, I want to be part of private real estate. This is easy money. I'm going to get rich doing it. And I really struggle with those type of comments. Well, what it comes down to is really the difference between being sold something and putting something in your portfolio that is part of the overall plan. Every asset, every single thing you own in your portfolio should be there because it fits your plan, not because somebody, a friend just told you about this hot new thing or you read about it in Fortune magazine. It has to be part of the overall plan. That's why a plan is is so important. Yeah. Then you you also, by the way, don't get caught up in things like this because they come along all the time. All right. uh, We get your questions. And I'm going to ask Don one I right don't get now. them anymore. I don't no, know no, why no. you guys You're have grabbed the all list. the questions. You're off the Nobody list, Nobody sends apparently. them to me. Sorry. So I have to wait for Tom to read the darn questions. Almost feel bad, but I don't. All right. This one comes from Ann. But I can handle them off the cuff. I can, yeah, you can. You're I good. Just, I may yeah. not be right, but I can handle them. <laughs> Ann Go. from Kansas City, Missouri. Ann from Kansas. Yeah. Okay. So, hi, Don Missouri. and Tom. I have a couple of questions about using dimensional funds in a portfolio. I know you like the dimensional funds, but they are not available to individual investors who are self-managing their portfolios. Is there an easy way for people who self-manage to find somewhat equivalent funds to various dimensional funds? Second, what happens to your dimensional funds if for some reason you need want you need or want to leave your financial advisor? Can an individual add more to a dimensional fund if it was originally set up by an advisor or would they need to find a non dimensional fund for future contributions? Thanks. Good question. It is a good question. Good questions. Well, you know, you're in luck because dimensional is doing what every mutual fund company in America is doing. They are moving away from entirely mutual fund oriented. My guess is you will see them move entirely away from mutual funds someday, but that could be a little ways away. However, They are no longer, and as a matter of fact, they're no longer just a one or two ETF fund group either. They have made the change in a big way. I'm looking at the the entire list of dimensional ETFs, and they have a U.S. Core Equity 2, U.S. Core Equity 1, U.S. Equity uh, High high Profitability Equity, Market-Wide Value, Small Cap, uh, Small Cap Value, Targeted Value, International Core Equity, one and two, international high profitability, 
small cap, international small, international small value, international value, emerging core equity, emerging core equity two, emerging markets high probability, emerging markets value. I mean, the list just goes on and this on. Is their, this is their exchange traded funds. These are their exchange traded wow. funds. And a year ago, they only had about five. Yeah. No, they've, they've done this very quickly. And they've now had they've got to a, do it. It looks quickly. like 50. Yeah. They've had to do this quickly. So, because they realized they were behind the, the curve here. Uh, so the short answer to your question, um, and is that, yeah, you can go get these funds at any custodian, I believe. I mean, you could be at Schwab, anyway. you could be at Fidelity, yep. Vanguard, wherever it is. Um, but if you own the mutual funds, you're correct. You still have to go through an advisor with those. And here's the, the second answer to your question. I'll take this one for Don. If you are in a mutual fund portfolio using dimensional funds and you separate from the advisor who put you in those funds, you can keep them, but you could, and you could sell them to get money, but you can never add to those funds. So in other words, you can't kind of rebalance the account. There's not a lot of activity you can do because they will not allow you to purchase those funds on your own. So I hope that's some clarity there. And the, the, one of the nicest things is, is their expense ratios have gone down a little bit from where they were with their, uh, with their funds. The most expensive, I think, of all I can see here is the international small cap value at just one half of 1%. Wow. Still a good deal. International small cap, small cap and value. value. Yeah. That's it's all three things that make it more difficult to trade yep. the securities in that asset class. Less, you know, less liquidity, riskier asset class. So that's, that's a good, a, a good price for that. So. And to the folks who still question ETFs as we once did, and we had this come up many times on the show, this is a very good example of why ETFs are now okay. If Dimensional came around, Dimensional, for all of their brilliance and their uh, their their academic work that they do to determine where you should be invested, they are a very buttoned-down MBA driven, actually more like PhD driven firm. I mean, the, the up until recently, I believe the uniform at Dimensional was always white shirt, dark tie. I think you're right. You were For required men. to wear a tie in there Women, every day. A suit. That's right. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it's a very buttoned down firm. I and think you them, could use the word conservative and probably be proper about that. Yeah, and, and for them to make this dramatic shift tells speaks volumes about the viability of ETFs. And it also really does speak to the future of these massive investment vehicles. I really do believe that we're going to see the day of the regular mutual fund end gradually over the next few years. Actually, it may, it may not even be gradual. It may be a whirlwind because of a couple of things. It's much less expensive to manage an ETF. It is. Than it is to manage a mutual fund. It's a lot fund. easier. This is yep. one of the reasons why Vanguard is pushing all of their clients to move their mutual funds from a mutual fund account into a brokerage account because it's cheaper to send out statements. You don't for a mutual fund, you have to do it for every single mutual fund you own. In a yep. brokerage account, you can consolidate your statements. So I think we're going to see a big, big, big change. A big change. And, the, and, of course, the last ones to change will be the brokers. Of course. but Because the like, commissions. Like the buggy whip, like the gas-powered engine, mutual funds eventually will be 
gone. Well, gas-powered engines we got for a few more years. Not too many more. It's like ice. About I'll our lifetime is the way I figure it. <laughs> I'll give you ice, though. You know, the big blocks of ice yeah. get oh, delivered yeah. to the house. We yeah, don't do that anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It's going, going, gone is my take. As is, as is this podcast. Which is good for both parties. Actually. It's going, going, gone. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being there. We really do appreciate your uh, your listening, and we appreciate it even more when you tell people about what we do, when you have them come by. I know we're not everyone's cup of tea. We make a few people angry. That's If you're not doing that, you're not doing your job because we are in a relatively, although we're, we're confident in our position, we are in a relatively uh, controversial place here because we're going up against the biggest money in the world. That's a good point. Yeah, our opinion is the biggest than money this. in yep. the world. We're talking Wall Street and Insurance Street. And these guys have more money. I mean, literally, God would not need this kind of money. Uh wouldn't want it. What what would you do with this much money? They they are they are the wealthiest of the wealthy. So you need to help us by bringing people over and talking them into listening, even if they do disagree, because we're going to change some minds and we're going to improve a lot of people's lives. That has been our goal since we started doing this. That is still our goal today. And if, by the way, you need a little bit more help than we can provide you when you call us on the show or send in your questions, go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, Vestory by Appella, uh, and set up an appointment with one of our advisors or with Tom to sit down and go over your portfolio in you know, a few minutes to an hour, to an hour max. I'm still uh, doing the Saturday morning. So He is. He's doing the Saturday morning. Loving them. People still go to this day. Really? Tom, you're on the phone. <laughs> I get to talk to you. huh? Love it. So go to vestory.com, set up an appointment, or call 800-386-3004. Thank you so much for being there. I'm Don. That's Tom. We're going to, well, in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking real money again. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.